Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Southampton Way podcast. This is episode 17. Uh, and this, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Uh, we've had a lot of new new interaction over the past couple of weeks, whether that be from uh, seeing us on the, on the Saints fans forum or just through Twitter or or through the transfers um, videos we've been doing. So thank you very much to anyone if you're new and thank you if you're coming back because um, it means you're enjoying it. Um, joining us for this one, uh, we've got a full house today. Got regular Martin, Martin Sanders. Uh, we've got Rob Maddox and we've got Alfie House of the Echo. So um, welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. Lots to cover. Um, eight goals at St Mary's at the weekend. Um, packed out fans forum. And then we visit... Uh, Devon at the weekend for for Plymouth away, so um, it'd be an interesting one. Um, I am going to throw a little a little curveball to the guys today. I want them to um, to try and think of as many players as they can who play for both Plymouth and Saints, and keep a number of those players in your head. And I'm going to ask you at the end and see who's got the highest number, <laughs> so you can name the most players who played for both. Because there's a there's a couple of obscure obscure names in there, so. Um, and if you're listening, have, have a think about that throughout. But um, boys, let's let's start at the uh, start of the weekend because it was fucking mental. Um, it's uh, it's been a been a long time since you've been on Alfie, so um, I'll get I'll throw this one to you, mate. So what what did you what did you make of the weekend? It was it was carnage. But what did you what was your main takeaway coming away from St Mary's? Yeah, it feels like a long time ago now. To be fair, doesn't it? Um, it was only sort of five or six days, but a lot has happened since then. I think the main takeaway is probably that. You know, there, there is still a lot of work to do and it's going to take a long time. And, you know, defensively, it was probably one of the worst performances we've seen at St Mary's for a little while. But it, going forward, it was so much better, uh, so much more entertaining. And you can actually sort of feel and believe what's going on. Um, I think they're a little bit short in sort of defensive field and maybe a little bit short at the back four as well, really. I never would have thought that back four of, you know, Walker Peters, Manning, Bednarek and Stevens would have been a problem. But when it didn't have that protection of Charles, when it was just Smallbone and, and two attacking fielders, it looked really open. Um Charles came on and, and you know really dealt with the transition well. Something that Russell Martin pointed out after the game. And I think he'll start at Plymouth as well because there's nobody left. You know they're all they're all sold or injured, so it's a big moment for Shea Charles. And I, I do think he'll anchor that midfield um, on the weekend. But yeah, I really enjoyed the game. Like don't get me wrong, four all, uh, two back to back four alls at St Mary's probably never happened before. If it has, I'd be absolutely surprised. Um, but yeah, really enjoyable game. But I think it's going to take a little while before they start racking those clean sheets up. Yeah, I stupidly predicted a clean sheet in the last one. I, I said one now, and that was as far away from, from reality as possible. Um, Martin, I'll, I'll, I'll come to you next. You're you're sort of a, a goalkeeping guru. Um, uh, there wasn't much Gav could do with those four, but uh, he did come no. under a bit of fire, didn't he, from uh, from the weekend? And, and we will move on to the defence of him in, in the forum. But um, what did, what did you make of of, of Gav overall? Because it's, it's, he's thrown up a mixed bag recently, and I'm I'm not entirely sure why. I don't know why neither. There seems to be some, like I think Russell Martin kind of touched upon it as a bit of a narrative towards him, isn't there? But he couldn't have done anything with the goals a weekend. I think that the defence in front of him just didn't defend very well. Certainly from crossing, I think Walker Peters was totally asleep for one of them. I think the first one just just switched off just for split seconds and just, he must have got roasted at halftime, Walker Peters, because he didn't have a very good first half, I didn't think. Though he got involved in our goal, he just didn't start the game very well. I just think defensively, we looked all at sea, really. Like, it's awful defensive performance. We're going to have to sort that out really, really quickly. Whether they bring in another centre-back to play with Jack Stevens would be interesting because there's been all the talk around Holgate. But we have to defend crosses, crosses better, corners better because we're going to have to score a lot of goals otherwise. Yeah, well, it was it was more than chaotic. Rob, um, 
as as defensive shit shows go, that was right up there. But um, what was so Ryan Manning? What, what did you think of him? Because it was, yeah, he did make a pretty <laughs> crucial error, didn't he? Um, but yeah. apart um, apart from that, he seemed all right most of the game. Well, uh, Manning's really, 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 really important to this team at the moment. Um, I think he's. I think I saw a stat today. He's had the most touches in the championship out of any player so far. Um, let alone Southampton players. I think we have six or seven boys in, that, in like the top 15. Um, but Manning's crucial to the way we play. I thought overall he didn't have a bad game up until like I think it was the 75th when it was a fantastic assist, like fantastic touch. But um, for, for Ashley Barnes to kind of put away. And I did feel really bad for him because I thought in, until then he'd, he'd had a really solid game. Um, and it, I kind of watched him when Barnes went off and celebrated and he just laid on the floor and Gav literally walked over and just picked him up. And just threw him back onto the pitch. Um, I think, I think potentially just like touching on that goal slightly in regards to what Martin said um, regarding you know like the goalkeeping situation and whatnot. Um, I think that that's where you know we'd want to see Bazunu or another player give Manning a little bit of a shout because there was no need for him to to even touch that ball. It was going straight across the face of goal and it was it was going probably out for a throw in. There's no need to really touch that, and if he does, he has to clear it. But, um, but yeah, I felt really bad for him, to be honest with you. But he's so crucial to the way we play. We've already seen that in the stats and he, he just suits the system so well. Uh, I'm sure we won't see see many of those errors because he seems like quite a steady Eddie. Um, and, and hopefully we see that more at, at Plymouth. Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I, I did. I felt bad. I did feel bad for him. And it was confusing that no one gave him a shout or if they did, not loud enough, clearly. Um, I... I understand the whole uh, the whole thing around around Gav. I, I think if I and uh, just to say I think Ashley Barnes was the one who had the goal disallowed, I think. And that it was that was the free kick, right, that Gav sort of palmed out like weekly. Um I think he did he got away with one there because I don't I, I haven't watched it back, but um if he was even if he's offside he sort of that I, I think that's a big thing for him is those those palms. If he can catch or give it stronger wrists it, it'd be he was caught foul of that a few times um, last season. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's a little bit of a worry. Um, Alfie, Will Smallbone. What are you? What do you think about Will Smallbone and and, and how important is he to us um, this season? He's obviously he's injured now um, for how long specifically we don't know. But um, what have you what have you made of him in the first couple of games? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think you know Russell Martin said that the fans for him that it doesn't look too serious. I don't know what his definition of too serious is, whether that means it's not one month, two months, that would be nice for just a couple of weeks. Um, but I mean, I'm a very proud member of the, I've always said Will Smallbone was good club. And anybody who doesn't believe me can go back and just type Smallbone in my username and you'll find that I've always supported Will Smallbone. I think he's a good player. I've wanted him to be in the first team this season. If you go back to May when I wrote my ideal championship 11, Will Smallbone was in it. Um, so I'm not surprised by him at all. I think he's been really good. Uh, I suppose the one question that was asked on the weekend was, you know, can he actually play in that number six, number four, whatever it is role, the holding the field role right in front of a defence? And I thought, based on Sheffield Wednesday away, I thought he absolutely could. However, then you see the, the way the Norwich played with sort of two pacey, powerful forwards up front, um, you know, the Saints fullbacks still committing. I didn't think that he was enough. So it, what, what exactly his best role is, I still don't know, um, whether it is like an eight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really impressed with him so far. Russell Martin really likes him. He tried to sign him when he was at Swansea and Southampton told him to get lost and now he's our player. So, yeah, fingers crossed for a big year. 
Yeah, it's, um, that's, it's interesting you, you said um, Martin tried to sign him at Swansea because it, it seems like there's been clubs trying to sign him from Martin now, um, i.e. Sheffield United. Apparently, we've knocked back a few bids. Rob, if you were if you were Jason Wilcox and you were getting bids coming in for Smallbone, what what's your what would be your price out of curiosity? <laughs> what, what would I you say? I don't think I really have one. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure how you would how you would market a player like that because obviously he's just just come straight off of an ACL uh, into a season at, at uh, Stoke in a mid table championship team where he had he had you know flourishes of of you know promise but. Not overly, I would say, an, an incredible season when we look at goals and assists. And Stoke fans, a guy I spoke to in the barber the other day, he turned out to be a Stoke fan, and he said he wasn't overly impressed by him. Um, but then you look at the flip side, he really impresses in the Republic of Ireland under-21 team. Um, and he, I believe he's, he's played for the, the Irish team now, so we have a, an international. Um, he's homegrown. He's, he's also come through the academy. And he suits our system. So to be honest with you, at this point, with with the shortage of midfielders that we find ourselves, especially with him being injured at the moment, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a price on him. I think he'll be absolutely crucial. Obviously, I'm saying that if Sheffield United want to come in with a thirty million pound bid while he's out with an ankle injury, then be my guest, take him. That's completely fine. Um, but I think at the moment, anything realistic, you know, we're talking ten to fifteen million. I wouldn't sell because he's going to be crucial. And uh, you know, I we 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 do need more more players who kind of know know the system like he does. And we need more players who know Southampton like he does at the moment, especially in our in our predicament. Um, and I think if he has a really strong season, he you know he could be a, a very much a candidate for for kind of a fan's favourite as such. So I personally I, I wouldn't sell him, especially with the current state of affairs in, in midfield. But um as Alfie said, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. He he deserves his chance at the end of the day because he he impressed in our academy for so long. And he was so unfortunate to have that ACL and he's now finally playing in a system that suits his play style. And he really does deserve every chance he gets to to kind of prove himself here. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think he's been he's been brilliant from from preseason and, and early doors. It's such a shame he's he's got another knock, and hopefully it's not not too long. Martin, um, another player I think is pretty pretty crucial to be trying to keep hold of at all costs is um, is Nathan Teller. Um, I thought he was he was pretty decent against Norwich, but he just couldn't. Seemed to find the final ball, or he wasn't. He wasn't as sharp, I thought, as he was against um against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, what what did you what did you make of of Teller's performance against against Norwich? He worked so hard, then he was he worked so hard. He had he had to get pretty severe cramp at the back end of the game, sort of where I was sat. He could hardly run at one stage. I think he was kind of looked at the bench a couple of times. Maybe that he he was just that he was done. But he he works incredibly hard. I think he's a really important player for us like he's another one like Jack Stevens who knows the club inside out I think he's somebody that we have to keep at the football club I think if we if we went and sold him I just think it would just put a massive damper dampener on things I'm not sure Bernie will come back now I, I just think he's he, he'd get better and better for us he's obviously trying to adapt to Russell Martin's style of play as well and he's a fan's favorite isn't he he's, he's a sort of person that you must have at the football club as, as this transfer window shuts and Russell knows his squad I'm sure he can't wait for the transfer window to shut like we can't. I'm just kind of so over it now. Yeah, it's lunacy. We've got to wait another couple of weeks still. But um, yeah, I agree on the fact that Burnley, uh, it seems like they're, they're going for a similar profile of player that isn't Teller for similar money. So if I was Teller uh, looking at it, thinking, well, you know, I was your top goal scorer, I was your top performer. And you're not wanting to pay that money for me, but you take a risk on a winger from abroad. You know, you'd probably be thinking, 
where where does that lead me? And if Burnley go down, you know, if he truly believes and bought into this whole thing about of the what the board is saying, you know, this is going to be exciting season, you know, push to go up and stuff. It probably be thinking ahead, especially at his age, like, do I take a risk and move now to potentially be in the same position next season? So I think it's a tough one for him personally to digest, but I think that does definitely um swing into our favour. Um yeah, another thing that's in our favour at the minute is we've got strikers who are both seemingly scoring goals, Alfie. Um we had me and Rob had this chat last last night um on the spaces. What what if you're if you're Russell Martin, do who are you picking in the number nine spot for for Plymouth and do you try and shoehorn them both into the same side? Well, I think both will have to play um, because, you know, Sammy Dozier came off on Saturday with a ham- bit of hamstring tightness. So whether he's fully fit or not, I'm not sure. And Stewie Armstrong's going to be needed in the field because there's no other fillers left. So I think Adam Armstrong on the left and Che Adams on the number nine would be what I would do. Um, I think it's a good problem to have, though, isn't it? When you've got two forwards that are scoring, albeit Adam Armstrong's won them off the back of his head and two penalties. Not exactly brilliant, but... As I said on um, Total Saints podcast the other day, uh, he's got 10 championship goals in the last five appearances. So, I mean, that, that's not a bad record at all. I know that, you know, I don't know what the hat-tricks were like at the back end of the Blackburn season. They may have been off the back of his head and, and penalties and whatnot as well. But goals are goals and uh, he is scoring and Chadams will be the same, wouldn't it? You know, I, mean, I, I, I did feel at the start of the year that maybe you could get away with getting rid of Chadams and maybe reinvesting in another striker. And I think that Russell Martin would like to sign Joel Perot. I'm sure he would. It's not that's not inside information or anything like that, but it's just you know it's not rocket science. He scores so many goals in his system. I'm sure he'd love to get him in for 20 million. But Che Adams proves himself time and time again in August that if you just bench him for a couple of weeks, he comes back on with a, a real appetite. So um, yeah, well managed so far. Yeah, we had that we had that discussion, Robert, um, last night briefly, and and I just wanted to reiterate your thoughts on it here because. Um, not I know not everybody um, manages to listen to both at the same time. So um, Adam Armstrong, it's a real interesting one. You look after after games, even if he's scoring goals, he's still got critics saying, "Well, it's not open play. Well, he's he's not getting the ball. He's not staying in the middle enough. He's not doing this." So you know, it's almost like he can't do right um, for doing wrong at the minute. It's, it's tough. It's tough for him. What what do you think of Adam Armstrong personally? Would you would you continue to to be starting him until, until there's a reason not to? Well, like Russell Martin said um, after the game against Norwich, he played three different positions, and according to Russell, he played them all brilliantly. So he's a he's a little bit of a Swiss, Swiss Army knife, which I don't think anyone kind of saw coming into the game, uh, or, or rather the the season as such. Obviously, we knew he could play off the left. You know, that there was there was no doubt. Um, he said personally that he prefers to play down the middle. Uh, and against Reading in preseason, we did see him kind of drop into that number eight role. So it's obviously something that's being worked on in training. So I agree with Alfie. It definitely is possible to fit both of them in the same team. Um, I do think that Che offers more presence, uh, you know, in the box, in and around the box. I mean, as I said last night, away at Sheffield Wednesday, I was screaming the entire game for someone to just get to get to the byline and for a striker to be in between the sticks, you know, around that 18-yard box area, 12-yard box area. And um, and Adam Armstrong just didn't really seem to do that. He was he was kind of worried about going out wide or whatever. But he's playing the way Russell wants him to. And that's that's the most important thing. And uh, none of us are, are kind of football managers as such. So we don't really know what he wants his number nine to do. Uh, so, yeah, as Alfie said, he's he's scoring, be it interesting ways, but he's still scoring goals. So who cares, right? And uh, and I think everyone wants to see Adam Armstrong succeed. I think, I think it's a really weird narrative that uh, people kind of want him to fail just so they're proven right. I, I, I think that's, that's kind of been... It's quite a toxic thing to think about. So if, if for me, if we have a, a striker who's low on confidence, who's gaining confidence in the first couple of games of the season, 
even if it takes a couple of penalties and, a, and one off the back of his head, it doesn't matter because there's definitely a striker there. He's proven it before in the championship, exactly the same as Che Adams. So if we can fit them both in, then fantastic. But I do think Che offers a little bit more presence down the middle. And we've definitely seen that. Um, but Armour seems to be doing exactly what Martin wants him to do. So you can't really say, say anything bad about that at the moment. He's scoring goals. Who cares? That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, goals are goals, man. Uh, I, I think if if we went up with players only scoring goals off the back of their head, we'd take it. So it, I don't think anyone yeah. cares. You know, <laughs> goals are goals. So, um, Martin, if you're being hypercritical um, of, of the game and saying, you know, we scored four, but we still didn't get three points, what, you know, what we, what would be the points that you would want to see acted on in the next couple of weeks um, against Plymouth and, and QPR, who are su- supposed to be two of the weaker teams in the division? Not that that ever calculates like that. I'd like to see Shea play, definitely. I echo what Rob said there. I'd like to see Shea play. I think he just does give us a bit more presence. Just think we need to sort the midfield out, really, how we're going to set. We're in a little bit of a difficult position because Downs isn't in the door yet. We're hoping that he's going to come through the door, but... We just got turned over quite quickly, didn't we? We had a lot of the ball Saturday, but like in transition, they caught us. We knew they were going to, I think it was well documented, that's how they play. That's what they were going to do. And they they had a really good game plan Saturday. And I think this this game of the weekend would be really tough at home park. I don't think it'd be easy. I think we just need to get hold of midfield and we have to hope that Charles really steps up in midfield. I just think that... With Stuart Armstrong, he likes to play that a little bit further forward. So we just, Will just got, I just felt he was a bit exposed at the weekend. He needed someone next to him. And I just think that that's what he's going to have to find a way to do that this weekend. I just don't know if he really has the personnel there to do it. That's a real, it's just a, a nightmare that Flynn's has been been down with food poisoning or flu, whatever's wrong with him this week. But we, we need him through the door. We need another midfielder through the, through the door ASAP. I think we probably yeah. did before. Um, Smallbone got injured as well. I still believe we needed a midfielder. Just leaves it short if someone gets injured. Alfie, there's your headline, mate. Flynn down, down with flu. Flynn yeah, down with flu. There you go. Yeah, so talking about transfers while, while we're on it, the, um, it's the sort of the opening question to the fans forum on Tuesday was we, Jason Wilcox um, was not allowed to, to to ease himself in. I think his very first question was about transfers. Um Alfie, you've you've sat down with him and, and talked with him in in, in depth, um, which is a, a brilliant interview, by the way. And if, if anyone wants to to go and look at that, you should check out Alfie's Twitter. Um, what did you, what have you made of Jason Wilcox so far as 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 a bloke, and 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 how have you have you seen a difference um, around sort of the the, the atmosphere that mm. he's trying to create? Is he is he made an obvious impact in your eyes? Yeah, I think so, 100%. I mean, we, the atmosphere is obviously totally different around the club uh, now than it was sort of two or three months ago. And that's you know, that's probably a multitude of reasons. I think um, relegating, just getting relegated, sorry, just resets the objectives, resets the, the mindset a little bit and makes it a little bit clearer. Whereas sort of finishing 15th in the Premier League is quite a hazy task. It's sort of, you're, you're still sort of one of the shitter teams, but you, you're, you're not actually that bad that you get relegated. It's not really a real objective. Whereas winning the league, that's absolutely clear. Everyone knows what they have to do and how good they've got to be to achieve that. Jason Wilcox is a bloke. I mean, I think I got the same impression everybody at the fans forum got. You know, he's um, really chatty. His answers are incredibly long. You know, he, he's willing to talk for minutes on end about one one thing. And, you know, once we got into the, the about 50, 55th minute of our interview um, with myself and other journalist and Jason, the media guy said, we can start to wrap this up now, Jason, if you want to. 
and straight away went no 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 not at all don't worry about it just keep going just keep going so he's just more than happy to chat more than happy to be honest about you know transfers and he said at the time we're not going to accept offers that aren't good for the club and then you know everyone you don't know if it's going to be 100 true you think there'll probably be one or two where you might have to but i think at this point it's been totally true they've, they've got 58 million out of lavia you know 30 million out of Warprouse is probably about right for his value but you know they're going to have flynn downs the other way so he's driving a hard bargain um he's a he's a he's a football man he's won the premier league and i think working with phil parsons as well we've got to give a shout out to phil parsons the ceo sort of handling the the, the business side of it the money side of it and sort of thinking about these players as assets and thinking about them as how to generate value. I think that's really supporting Jason as well. So, yeah, I think it's po genuinely positive changes, but we won't all agree with that if we're not promoted in May. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was, I was going to ask you about that because um, the, the Phil Parsons uh, dynamic, because I, is, I noticed that I was there and I, I noticed Toby Steele was in the back of the room. Um, is he form like fully gone yet, or is he still around for for? Yeah, I don't. Before? I don't actually know. I can't give you an answer to that. But obviously, he was no. at the time announced to be serving until the end of his current contract, whatever it was. So it may be that because I've seen him at St Mary's as well. So it may be that yeah. his working period is actually still ongoing for a couple more months. But I don't actually Possibly know. Like, yeah, changing of the guard type thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. Um, to see to see him there. Obviously, he had he had no input on on the panel, but um, still still show face and wanted to hear what was going on. Um. Rob, you mentioned Phil Parsons last night on your space. Um, overall, quite impressive with the way he spoke. Um, do you do you think that having someone like him through the door, who's been in not been in football but been in clearly a big corporate company, um, with that sort of know-how, can only do us do us well? Or do you think the lack of his experience in, in the football world could potentially cause a hiccup or two down the line? Well, first thing that's really important is obviously we are still a business. Um, a football club needs to make money through potentially different avenues than than Dyson did ever make money through physical sales of, of objects. Our objects are players. Um, and obviously, I think that that comes down to the ownership group of Rasmus and also Jason Wilcox. I think it's, it's definitely different. So what we've kind of had over the last couple of years with Martin Simmons, because he at times under Gao, he was obviously handling the football side of things, the the, the transfers and, and whatnot. It felt like it anyway from the way he spoke. But he was also handling all the business side of things along with side Toby Still. So he was kind of the middleman, if that made sense, as, as more of a CEO. Um, whereas I think Phil Parsons is, you know, sorting out the the revenue streams. Like, for example, we just got a, a sponsorship with Bargate Homes. Uh, I can't remember the airline that we're with now. Um, but but we, you know, he's, he's trying to build these different revenue streams, I think. And, and the key thing is, is, is keeping our heads above water when it comes from a, a profit loss kind of perspective. Um, and I think a real, real crucial part of that is he's taking on that side of things to let Wilcox and potentially Rasmus just handle the footballing side. It's, I think more specifically Wilcox this year rather than Rasmus, who seems to have kind of taken a big step back and is handling a step at it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I think that's only a good thing. From what we've seen so far, Wilcox is obviously only making deals if they're in our interest. And obviously, when we've announced players like Will Prowse, and I'm sure it'll be the same with Lavia, or when we've sold a player, um, you know, there's always a little bit of reasoning in there, which I assume has come from Wilcox himself, um, which I think is really important. And, you know, we saw at the fan forum, he's very upfront, he's very honest. But in terms of Phil Parsons kind of coming in from a business background, I think in our current situation, that is kind of what we need. Um, essentially, we still need to make money. Um, and it's a good thing for the club to make money. And, you know, if we 
would we be making as much with Martin Simmons? Who knows? You know, it's, it's a completely different thing, completely different ball game. But I think it does show um, the way that kind of Sport Republic want to go. They obviously want that alignment from top to bottom. And a part of that is going to be the business perspective, uh, side of things, which I'm sure Phil Parsons can handle and the commercial side um, with Charlie Boss. And then you have Jason Wilcox just kind of handling the football side of things as a director of football should really do. But um, I'll go on, Rob, sorry. No, go on, Alfie, finish off. I would say one small anecdote that I was told while I was at the stadium for one of the recent games was that just on an organisational level, this is from somebody who um, works with the club on the, on the match days and organises people, organises things. And he said that he had a big you know, sort of yearly meeting with the, the CEO and his staff. And he went into this meeting fully prepared with all the, you know, all the things that he, all of his ideas, all the things he wanted to do, because that's what he'd had to have done for the last couple of years. However, when he got into this meeting with Phil and Phil's staff, he put his folder down, everything was already up on the board. All the instructions were clear. Everything they were going to do, what they, all the plans they had, were already up there. They'd actually been thought about before this member of organisational staff got into the meeting, and that was something they hadn't been used to. So, um, there are definitely positive changes. Yeah, it's good. It's good to hear. It definitely you you got that feel within the dynamic, being in the room, seeing the way they, even the way they interact with each other, was was a refreshing to see. There was no no clear disconnect whatsoever. In fact, I was waiting at the back of the room. Um, just after it had finished, because I was waiting for the um, for the other part, the, the fans um, advisory board thing. I just wanted to sit in and listen to that. And um, and Russell come to the back of the room where I was stood to to greet um, his back backroom staff who were there. Um, and Jason Wilcox come over, and they were sort of like embracing and putting their arm around each other and having a laugh. And it's su- it's such a small thing, but like you can see that the relationship is there. And when they talk about alignment, that it it's it's clear that they get along as people as well as colleagues so um that is that's a complete something that we haven't seen i don't think for for a, probably a long old time um martin what did you what did you make of uh, so the f- very first question he comes out he has to he has to talk about um accepting the bid for for romeo lavia um how would you how would you sum up uh young young romeo's time at the club um it's it's been it's been fleeting it's passed us by quickly but i mean 60 million is is or what, 58 i think the official figure is 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 quite impressive isn't it yeah it's unbelievable what they've got for him it's brilliant i know what he man city going to take a was it 20 percent alfie of the of the transfer fee because of the because of the clause they had yeah i'm not sure something like but that unbelievable it's unbelievable like i think i kind of knew the chelsea game at st mary's last august that he you kind of had a feeling that he's he wasn't going to be there for long. He was unbelievable that night. I think he got injured in the game as well, but the, the first 60, 70 minutes, he was incredible. But he's one of the best young midfielders I've seen there for a long, long time. He's a great talent. I, I miss him. But I just knew sort of like early on we were, he wouldn't be around long. We'd have to plan for him not being here. But wish him all the best. I think he's a great player. I'll definitely follow his career now, seeing that he's played a part of it with us. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what sort of game time he gets at Chelsea compared to to Liverpool. Interesting that he chose Chelsea over Liverpool because I think he would have got more game time probably at Liverpool. They were probably more in need of him than than you know than Chelsea. But I think working under Poch would be fantastic. They everyone speaks so highly of Pochettino. He's um I heard Adam Blackmore speak about him yesterday and he was just saying he's one of his favourite managers at Southampton. He totally totally adores him. He's just a, a gentleman, but he develops young players really well and that's probably been a massive part of his decision-making, I would I would think. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because the whole, the whole Pochettino dynamic, I imagine, would have played a big part because 
it, from Poch, you follow Poch's career and he does, he really likes to play with two sixes. Um, and to have depth in the six is probably really important for him this season. Um, you know, I, I can see a, a plenty of players still to leave at Chelsea as well. I, I can't see the likes of Conor Gallagher or Trevor Chalobah sticking around. Um, these sorts of guys, they're, they're not going to be around and, and both of them can play in a six if they so I, I don't see any of them sticking. Um, they're going to have to free up some fees for, for FFP and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think he will probably play a fair few games um, and develop a lot. And I, and I said, I've said the kid can go as high as he wants as long as he stays fit. Um, the ceiling is, is unbelievable for him. He is, he's an unreal talent. And yeah, touching on that that injury, I think, if I remember rightly, I was, I was pulling my fucking hair out because... He got injured in a tackle when the bloke was 50 yards offside and the lino didn't put his flag up until he'd already injured himself. So I was like, that was one of those situations. We lost a player for, was it eight weeks or something, who'd become unbelievably important to us because they got this shitty rule where they don't put the flag up. But yeah, thank God we ain't got to deal with VAR or any of that shit anymore for an, at least a year. Um, yeah, another another key point that was brought up in the, in the forum, Alfie, was, um, was the spine of the team. Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, I think the question was brilliant until he got to the end of it. Um, whoever you are listening, I, I, I liked your question, except I think the emphasis on the goalkeeper is probably what uh, what sparked the reaction. Um, Alvi, what did you make of, of of the reaction from from Russell Martin about the whole, um, the de- almost launched in defence of Bazunu? Mm. Yeah, well, I think the defence of Bazunu is, is fair enough. Um, I thought it was interesting that he referenced Alex McCarthy as being an unbelievably experienced goalkeeper. And he referenced Joe Lumley as well as being unbelievably experienced at a championship level. And I agree with him there, but I mean, Joe Lumley is brought in to be a backup. I think that if he ends up playing games, that is a failure. It's a disaster. He wasn't good enough for Reading last season, so why should he be good enough for Southampton? I'm not writing him off on that. Like, you know, Good luck to him. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be here, but he's brought in to be a backup. Alex McCarthy's not good enough. That's the quite simple, honest truth, is that he might be the most unbelievable bloke in the world, and I'm sure he is, but... He just every time he plays, just isn't quite good enough to be a goalkeeper for Southampton anymore. So I don't think that it's I don't think that it's like the, the perfect position. I don't think they've got loads of depth. But I do agree with, with Russell that Gavin Bazinu is number one. He hasn't done anything this season to show that he, he shouldn't be. Last season was tough, but I want him in goal. I spoke to Gavin a number of times, just like Adam Blackmore has, and he's he's a genuinely phenomenal bloke. Like really, really interesting, really, really confident, super confident. And I don't think you're gonna you're gonna concern him with any of these mistakes. So. I would like to see if the club could move McCarthy on, bring in somebody that could challenge Gavin. But yeah, I'm all with I'm with Russell on that one. Yeah, it's and like you just said on Gav, it's it's, like, it's so easy to to forget that he's 20 years old. It's mm. it's, un, it's unreal considering he's he's playing at, at the top of his game for internationally. He's he's in the senior team for Ireland and stuff, and he's he's already got a year in the Prem under his belt. It's hard to. To remember, sometimes he is only twenty. Um, his his ceiling is huge, but yeah, I I think the question, if it was phrased slightly differently, we would have maybe got an answer that we wanted to hear. Mm. Um, well, I think there are areas is... where the you know the spine, like you say, I think the centre backs, yeah, a bit of a problem really, because I know they've got Bednarek and Stevens, who I I like both of them. I think they're both good enough. They've got Bella Kodchap, who if he stays, although he's you know slightly made a paper mache, he's more than good enough for the championship. You know, he he'll be a good defender, and Russell really likes him. Um, Lianco, I'm not sold on. So I, I think that the yeah, the question was right because there are elements of that team where, let's say Jack Stevens gets injured, a really bad injury, Bella Kotchab's not fit. You've got a defensive Lianco and Bednarek again, and we've been there before. Yeah, yeah, we have. 
and it's not pretty. Um, Rob, what did you? What did you? Obviously, we didn't we didn't get the full answer about the spine of the team. But if do you feel the same as the same as sort of Alfie's just said there in in that the spine does need vast improvement? We talked about the midfield, um, more centre backs and, and and forwards now. So obviously, yeah, like like Alfie said, we, we lose Stevens for a period of time. You've got Weetabix shins in Belakotchap, <laughs> and then you've got you've got then Lianco behind him, and we have signed Zach Orr, but he looks like a B team signing now. So, yeah, what do you make? Do you, it is worth saying that Belakotchap did spend a long time trying to get fit, but he spent all summer at Staplewood trying to get fit again. So, although we banter, is that, him, is, that, is, that is that genuinely a good thing though? If he's still injured, no, but it, he does he does deserve that. <laughs> yeah. It's not him, just you know, he is, he is trying, he's trying to fit. Yeah, he's yeah, very trying. I'll give him that. Bless him. But no, he's. I, I did see. I did see that. Um, and it's, it is a shame because he was at the beginning of last season. I thought we we just fucking discovered fire when he when he was yeah. playing. He was unreal. <laughs> but um, yeah. Would you make it a centre half? Would, yeah. would you be out there trying to recruit, trying to bring in a bring in a Holgate? Or I've seen weak links to Harwood Bellis, but that makes far too much sense for us. Far too. Yeah, sense. it's, it's difficult. I, so I think if we, if we start from the top. Strikers, if we're talking the spine of the team, uh, I think it's more about um, buying if we sell. Che, I think. Um, potentially the club might want to bring someone else in, but I think with Che Adams and Adam Armstrong on good form at the moment, that's fine. I think the only the only way we would get another striker in at the moment is if Mara was to go for whatever reason, because it doesn't sound like he has been applying himself in training, which is not the type of character you want when we're trying to get out of the position we've just put ourselves in. So that's that's number one. I, I think we just need to replace. We need to buy to replace in, in that in that area. Um, you look down the team, centre midfield, midfield in general, we're looking light. I think if you look at specifically the number six position, I've got no doubt in my mind that Cher Charles will be a good player for us this year, just based off the cameo that we saw when he come off, and he's had a very strong preseason playing out of position as well. I've got no doubts about his ability. Um, if you bring in uh, Flynn Downs, who. I don't even know what he's got, but you know, if if you bring him in, I think that really shores up that number six position, and I, I think we'll be fine from there. But that number eight position, Stuart Armstrong for me just doesn't do it on a week in week out basis. There's going to be times this year where we play two two times a week consistently. Stuart Armstrong does not have have those legs in him, it, it, you know, with the injury crisis which he had last year uh, allegedly. Um, I just I just don't think he ha- he has the minutes in him. Um, so I would I would like to see maybe maybe one or, or potentially. Well, to be honest with you, yeah, probably probably just one centre mid come in. Um, if we're being realistic, and then potentially Downs could obviously move into that position as well if if he has to. Uh, and then you get down the centre back, uh, as Alfie said, Belakot Chap, if he can stay fit, he he'd be phenomenal. Um if you look if you look at his, his statistics last year, he's a really strong passer, really strong passer, progressive passer. And he he was one he, I thought if we're talking about earlier on in the season when obviously you said we discovered fire, I think you're completely right. He looked absolutely mustard. That game against Chelsea was unbelievable. That was one of the best centre-back performances I've seen. Um, but what was really key about that performance is he was the one firing balls into Lavia's feet. And with Bella Kotchap, I believe he's he, he's as strong on his, on his left as he is on his right. He said that in interviews multiple times. In Martin's system, when you need to get um, the angles on, on, on passes, that, that's an absolute dream to have that. So if we were to pair him and Jack Stevens together, I think that would be a really strong partnership. I think he would add pace into that into that defence, which we really missed against Norwich. Because as I said last night, Walker Peters and Manning aren't actually that fast uh, off the ball. I don't think Walker Peters is that quick at all on the ball. He's fantastic, but off the ball, I don't think he can catch a fast winger. So we need to put some some pace in that back line if we're going FIFA. But um, I think um, I think yeah, one more centre back to come in. Whether that's if Lianco stays or not, I don't think Lianco should even step foot on a pitch this year. 
Um, I just think it would be, it would be an absolute detriment that, that he would he would set foot on a pitch. I think you know if, if we were to if we were to bring in a centre back, Taylor Harwell Bellis, you said is an absolutely fantastic uh, player to bring in under twenty one captain for England. Uh, you've also got my my favourite Ronnie Edwards. I think he's absolute mustard for the price we would pay. Um, he's really really strong, composed. The only downside with him, he's play, played a lot in a back three rather than a back two. But for a player of that quality at that age with that experience, I think you know it's, it's a no brainer for something like ten million. But if we could beat Leicester to Harwood Bellis, that would be amazing. But I I doubt that would happen. Um, but yeah, we got money to spend. The spine the spine at the moment is looking pretty weak, primarily in in midfield and obviously. With Belakotchap out, another centre back is crucial. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a centre back and a centre midfielder come in. Uh, hopefully, before the QPR game, that would be that would be the absolute dream. And I'm not including Flynn Downs in that either. Mm. So you're quite you're quite happy with um, with depth on the on the wings and at, at full back as well. You're quite happy with obviously uh, losing Tino was interesting for right back because you lose Walker Peters and and you're left with with James Bree, aren't you? So yeah, well, J- James you... Bree. Yeah, I. I, he didn't he didn't play great against Gillingham, but I think as a backup, you're not going to get anything better in the championship. I don't think mm. we would sign a player that's better than James Bree to play as a second fiddle to Walker Peters if he stays. Um, I think if Perro if Perro leaves, kind of okay with Meg Homer and Larios being in the wings. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Meg Homer for me has shown enough um, to to mm. kind of push not push Manning because Manning is going to be the first name on the team sheet this year. Uh, pretty much every game, I think. Um, if, he gets a, think if he gets a knock or he's tired, yeah, he's good. Yeah, exactly. I'd I, I, back McComer to come in. Russell Martin obviously loves him. He's so talented as well. And then if you're talking wings, as you said, a dozy's injured. Luckily for, for us, we've got Ammo come in. It's been fantastic. As we said, we weren't sharp about him last night, did we? Um, Not at all. Yeah. And then p- potentially maybe another another right winger. Depends on what happens with, with Suleimana, with, with, with Camel Dean. Uh, just depends if Teller goes as well, which I doubt, but... I think more now it's about in terms of the wide areas. It's going to be about buying to replace rather than just buying to to improve the squad. So, yeah, that's kind of yeah. where I am with it. I think I think we're okay, but we're, there are some key key areas where we need to strengthen because we still got forty four games to go. So, you know, yeah, so, a long, so a long, slog, long slog to go, long, long old yeah. slog to go. Martin, um, in in terms of. Um... In terms of of goalkeepers, because this is your this is your forte. With what would you be doing with Alex with Alex McCarthy? Would you be doing your utmost to try and get him out the door, especially with the wages he's on, or or, or would you be satisfied with an experienced keeper like him uh, playing second fiddle? I think it's time for him to be moved on. Really, he doesn't suit Russell Martin's style of play, and I think. Being one of the higher earners, which he is, I think they probably want to get him off the wage bill. It's already been spoke about that if if there's a club that would be willing to take him, they'd almost waver the transfer fee to get him off the wage bill, which I, I don't blame them. I think he's probably his time's up. I don't like his body language. I've said it on this podcast loads of times. As a goalkeeper, I just don't like his body language. I don't think he inspires anyone with any confidence. I think Gavin's a far better goalkeeper. He suits Russell Martin's style of play. He, Russell's already come out and said if he was looking to buy a goalkeeper right now, he'd be looking to he'd buy Gavin Bazunu, which is, you know, shows what, what he thinks of him as a goalkeeper. He's going to be number one. I just think they need a really good number two. If he does go out, you just need to bring someone in with some experience, to, you know, as a backup. Then that's really important. But who who out there could you bring in? It's, it's a difficult role to play a, a, a number two. Lumley's not, never going to be a number two. So if you do let Alex go, you're going to have to bring somebody in, in my opinion. It's just who that is. Um, but I echo what Rob says. 
on centre half. I think that we have to bring another centre half, and if Belakotcha can't get fit, I think it's really really important. So, yeah, two two areas that will be interesting to see how it, how it unravels really. But um, yeah, just finding a good number two. I would have said my boss Asmir Begovic, but he's got a gig at QPR. You know, he's an incredibly experienced goalkeeper. I think when he was a free agent in the summer, he would have been a perfect addition as a, as a good as a good number two for for us. He quite fancied it, to be fair. I spoke to him about it. He still would have, would have come down there. But he's just kind of support for me. He's a bit of a... Sorry, just just, just yeah. kind of touch on, on that, Martin. Yeah. Um, we got, um, obviously, Jack Bycroft's been in, or Jake Bycroft's been in the um, in, in the setup for a while. Doesn't really look like he's going to break mm. through. Um, but it's a shame. I was just going to touch on that. It was a real shame that we sold Eddie Beach a couple of years ago. Really promising 18-year-old yeah. goalkeeper for the Chelsea. Um, but apparently we do have uh, apparently the B team keeper this year is looking quite good. Adil Mohammed, I think he signed a, a scholarship, I think, um, a, a couple I've of years ago. But he, apparently, apparently he had a really strong season in the under. I think it was the thing it was in the under 18s last year. Maybe Abby can help me out. But uh, he, he apparently he's 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 gonna he's definitely one to watch. But I think it was a real a real shame we did sell Eddie Beach when we did because he 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 was a phenomenal goalkeeper from what we saw. And obviously Ollie Wright's gone to gone to Bath City. So it doesn't really look like we have, you know, that that backlog of goalkeepers in the academy. I don't think we, we haven't really created one, a, a, a fantastic one in a, in a while. But um, I think Bycroft was on loan at Dorchester, I think, last year. He was on loan at Taunton so, Town. He got that player of the year. Taunton, yeah. So it's just an interesting He was their player of the year as they stayed in the National League. So it's quite a good achievement, to be fair. Oh, it's actually quite good. Yeah. So so I guess we'll see what happens there. I mean, we've seen him plenty, but I don't think he's going to get a sniff with Lomley coming in, uh, which is a shame for him. But um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't have on uh, one to watch, apparently. Only 18 years old. Alfie, do you think they mm. will try and offload Alex McCarthy? Like his, yeah, they'll try. A little bit closer yeah. to the club. Mm. It's who's going to want to take him. But I don't think it'd be possible. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. Really. Everton if won't take him. They've got the money. Well, they're not. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A Premier League backup is his dream job because they'll never have to play him and he'll get earned enough that he might just leave. Pa- Palace are our only yeah, hope at this right. point because of the whole um, Gaita yeah. situation. He's refusing to play and all that. It's all kicking off and yeah. in between them. So that's the only hope. Um, on the subject of, of youth players, Alfie, Russell Martin mentioned after, after the Gillingham game that the young boys were the best ones on the on the field for him, and they were the they were the the, the shining light. And he he even went as far to say, "Is we need to get a few of these out so I can make room for the younger boys." Um, mm. Now we have a bit of a crisis in midfield. Could this be a a time, especially I'm talking about this weekend? Could it be a time where we see see someone like Cammy Doyle on the bench potentially come off the bench and and try and get some first team minutes? Yeah, I'd be very surprised if we don't see Camador come off the bench, to be fair, just because there's, there's no other options. And I like, you know, obviously I go to every home 21s game, um, you know, any big sort of 18s cup finals, they've not go to as well. I love covering these these young lads and, and watching their careers. But the one thing you have to remember is that Premier League 2 is a long, long way away from the Championship. And, you know, I listened to Rob talk about Jalen McGovern a minute ago. Jalen McGovern's obviously a really good player. But against Gillingham, you know, he, he struggled. That's the truth. He, he was... He was beaten all ends up against Gillingham, against a good League Two team, and there's no shame in that because he's a 17 year old boy. But you know, it's really tough ass to to get these players in and make a difference now. You know, Sam Amalamu has, has, to be fair, surprised everybody, hasn't he? He looks real mustard, but it's a difficult job that Camidor coming in and playing as that eight if if he has to. It's a difficult job. Um, and the same, you know, Don Ballard's unlucky that he didn't have a preseason as well because of injury. Because I'm sure he'd have had a couple of chances, but you know, he's not getting a look in at the moment as well. So. 
Russell, mm-hmm. you know, the, the academy is there to supplement the first team squad. Jason Wilcox, obviously the academy director of Man City. The, the main aim for them was to supplement Pep Guardiola's squad with players that were obviously not as good as the ones they paid 50 million for, but were good enough to support them and to replace them when needed to. And then you sell them for big money when they're sort of 20, 21 years old. And I think they want to do that with Southampton as well. You know, they want to be able to produce players that if they're not quite good enough for Southampton, they can still sell for a bit of money as well. So they'll give these guys you know, opportunities. And I think we'll see Cami on the weekend for sure. But you know, I wouldn't want to go into a season where the only backup player you have is an academy player because you don't know how their body's going to hold up. You don't know how they're going to fare when, when the pressure's really on. Yeah, it should be. It, ideally, you want it to be a luxury, don't you, to, to be mm, able to exactly. get an academy boy minutes rather than a necessity. So it's slightly worrying, but also it's, it's good that we've got the this quality of player mm. starting to come through that, that we have, um, which is always, always good. Um, Rob, what was... At, when, when all was said and done on, on, on Tuesday evening after after the forum, what was your... What was your main um, sort of takeaway? What, what did you take from from you know everyone's questions and how they were answered by by the whole panel, not just just Russell and, and Jason? Well, a key word we've heard numerous times this year is alignment, um, and it, it, Russell bangs on and Wilcox and Parsons bang on about alignment, and I think we did see that. Um, I was very impressed by the way that, that you know they obviously obviously there would have been hot water if if after all these years of doing the firm forum, they didn't do one. I'm happy that they did kind of address the reasons as to why they wanted to do another one. Um, especially with the situation we're in, it's not an easy job for them at all. They haven't had that much time to kind of impact stuff at the moment. Um, so I thought, I thought it was good of them to actually still come out and do it. I, I was, I was, I was really pleased. I think, I, I think we had a, we had a lot of honesty, a, a lot of good stuff as well. There wasn't really anything uh, too bad apart from swearing at games and, being nice to the opposition, which was, you know, everyone, everyone's got their chance to ask a question. That's the whole point. But surely there's like an email we can send that one to instead. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I I did really like it. I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, it's always good to kind of hear it from the horse's mouth itself. Obviously, we do get the interviews with the press and whatnot, which are, which are great um, sometimes. And then, you know, sometimes words can words on a, on a screen can obviously sometimes be manipulated just 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 from reading them uh, rather than, than actually hearing the tone of people's voices so I, I did think that 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 was really um i thought it was really interesting just to hear it directly from them uh, just a shout out to, to marianne spacey kelf which was really good as always um obviously a, a lot of stuff going on with the women's world cup at the moment so i i thought it was, i thought i think it's, it's really good that we have her on the panel um because you know she does kind of answer those, those questions as such but if we're talking about the men's and uh wilcox parsons and, and russ I, I was super happy to see russell martin back his players especially bazunu i think everyone was so important bazunu must feel 30 feet high uh for, after that which is exactly what you need after coming off of conceding four goals of course and he is spot on he didn't didn't deserve to concede four um but no i, I really enjoyed it as i said alignment seems to be the key word this year and it looks like we're getting that because uh, Sport Republic are being able to kind of buy um, buy people for those positions that are Sport Republic's men and not, you know, the old regime as such. So, no, really happy. Um, hopefully they do another one in January and hopefully that one's more positive as well. Hopefully we're just top of the league and it's nice and easy and we can just, I don't know, have a chat. But, yeah, no, really happy. And uh, it's, it's, good to, it's good to see them actually there in the flesh and answer questions from the fans. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about, Alfie, was that Russell Martin did say about, um, you know, and, and there is all, all speculation at the end of the day, but I don't know 
whether you, whether you know any more as to he said there was certain players that were adamant they were going who now aren't. Um, have you got any inkling of of who those players might be? Um, or, or I mean, around around the ground was it, or around around the training ground? Shall I say before pre season? Do you feel us a slightly different atmosphere now to sort of five, six, seven weeks ago? Yeah, well, I think probably one or two of those players are uh, Stuart Armstrong and Jack Stevens, I believe. Uh, I think that Stuart Armstrong probably felt that he would he would get a move away, but obviously he played with Russell Martin for Scotland. Um, and Russell was said about how, you know, he's had a load of conversation with Stewie. He's a, his mind has changed on a few things. So I'm thinking he's probably one of those players. Um, Jack Stevens again as well. I mean, obviously, having spent last year away from the club, didn't really get on brilliantly with Ralph Hasenhall. Um, and obviously, then spent the following season away. He's come back and now Russell's really got into him and, and, and you know, he's made him his captain. So I think he's probably one of the other ones. I'd like to think that Kyle Walker-Peters is one of those. Um, you know, I don't know this for sure, but I'd like to think that Kyle... Uh, he likes the idea of having this, this, having the ball all the time, and just being able to create, and not just having to go man against man against you know wingers that are quicker and, and stronger than him. It's a bit more enjoyable, I'd like to think, than getting chucked on your ass every ten minutes. Um, so hopefully one of, the, hopefully him. But yeah, I'm not sure who else. Um, but like you say, the overall atmosphere is, is is genuinely improved. You know, everybody feels a lot more clear about where they are, and hopefully we'll see that you know the few of them will stick around. I was disappointed that you know, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but James Will Prowse. There was always a little bit of me that just wanted him to. To stay and just get the club back and um, and become a, a real legend of the club, but that didn't happen. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Worth worth mentioning that that now, Martin. Whilst whilst we're on, we did we did do a lot about it last week. But um, do you do you see the the impact of of Prowse going? Um, especially from that from that first weekend, or do you think after? The first weekend and seeing that you know we did still manage to create four goals, albeit we shipped them, that, that we're going to actually will be alright. You know the world isn't going to collapse if Prowse isn't there. No, we'll be fine without Prowse. I think we're all miss him, and we all thought a lot of him. And he was at you know I think if he had stayed, he could have really cemented himself as a as a real absolute legend of the club. He's a legend anyway, but it would have been really special to be a part of seeing us maybe put a promotion charge together. Still, I still find the move quite strange. I know he wants to go and play Premier League football. He was never going to get the top six sides that we spoke about. He's not going to earn tons more money, is he? He's going to be travelling a lot. He's probably not going to see his family as much. But he gets to play in the Premier League and that's what that's probably the only bonus, isn't it? He'd probably score against Chelsea the weekend. He's got quite a good record against Chelsea. You could just go and see him getting that record, that Premier League, you know, match Beckham's record. But We'll be fine. I think Will Smallbone played well. He's he's definitely going to step up, and you know we'll we'll be fine if we if we bring in Downs. He'd be he'd be fantastic in midfield. He's a premium top end Championship player, isn't he? So you bring him into that midfield, and we'll be at, we'll be absolutely fine. We just need to make sure that we got a top end Championship player that's as good as anyone we can find in that position for us to give ourselves the best possible chance to go back up because that's what we want to do. I enjoyed the fans forum. I kind of judge Sport Republic. I enjoyed what they said. I think they speak well. Once we get to the end of the season, we can really judge if what they've said, they've put it into into practice. It'd be interesting. I don't think they spend tons of money. I think they recoup a bit of, a bit of cash now and they'd be really, they'd be sensible about the business they do. But we just need to give ourselves the best, best, best possible chance now to, to go back up. Yeah, and and there's that you don't give yourself a a much better chance than when you when you're picking up points. Um, Rob, this weekend we go to what 
when you look at it, it are one of the weaker teams in the division. I think they've they've got the lowest wage bill, they've got the smallest ground, you know, they've just come up from the lower division. So um on paper everything looks looks hunky dory. We should go there and absolutely bowl them over, but we all know that's not gonna happen. <laughs> um what are you what are you anticipating for Saturday? Because you know, by all accounts, it's it's not a particularly nice nice place for for away teams to visit. Well, I was listening to um, Total Sense Pod, uh, and I was also watching the Match Day vlogs live last night before the space. I uh, just kind of I knew they had some Plymouth fans on, so I was like, okay, we'll see we'll see what we're dealing with here. And they were very much, you know, we will come at you, we will we will come at you, and we will um, you know try. You know, our home form is 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 so good for for. For, for reasons like they score goals, you know, they, they play really fluid football, attacking football. And to me, that's kind of music to my ears, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, because if a team really does come at us, that will leave a lot of space in behind for Pella, uh, you know, Adam Armstrong. Uh, so I I hope they do come at us. I really do. So I think, you know, if we can play Shea Charles as, as, that, as that screen in front of the back four, and if, if Bednarek and Stevens have good games, I think we'll have plenty enough to kind of deal with their forwards. Uh, I got, got no doubt about that. On paper, we should have enough to deal with their with their front line. But if they do come at us and they really do attack us, I'm hoping that we are quick on the transition uh, so we can really punch back at them. Similar to what Norwich did to us this weekend as that away side. Um, I think we have, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't win this weekend, in my opinion. I know Plymouth are a very good team. They have a fantastic home record and I'm not, this is not discrediting them, but we have a much better team than them. You know, if, if you look at our squad value, it's, it, it wouldn't even shock me if it was 10 times the value in terms of what, what we have paid for players versus them, maybe more than that. Um, you know, if we don't win, then I, I will be disappointed, obviously. Um, you know, that will be very frustrating. But it all depends about the performance. There's, you know, we heard a, a lot last night, Josh, about people predicting a 2-1 or a 1-0 or a 3-2. As long as we get three points, that's all that matters. But if, if they do really come at us, there's plenty of goals in us for this game. Um, and with the strength of the squad that we have, I think it's one of the best squads, if not the best squad in the championship at present, obviously with a couple more players hopefully coming in. So there isn't, there really isn't an excuse or a reason why we shouldn't be beating these teams. Uh, I'm sure we said the same against Gillingham and we lost 3-1, but, you know, on paper, there really isn't a reason why we shouldn't, shouldn't be winning. And I'm sure Home Park will be absolutely bouncing. And if we do go a goal down, then, you know, that will be very tough to get back from. I think we're playing away from home. But just we need to start strongly like we did against Wednesday, that first 45 minutes, just run that back, a couple more chances, hopefully a couple more goals, and then take the game from there. But there isn't really a reason for me why we should be losing on uh, on Saturday. And that's not being disrespectful of Plymouth. We could go there and lose 2-0, but there shouldn't really be an excuse. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna be saying that a lot this season by one or two games, given given that we've just come down sort of thing and we are supposed to be the stronger lot. But Alfie, what do you what do you make of the threat that Plymouth could pose? I mean, yeah, you come out with a, a stat on the on the TSP at the weekend that I can't remember off the top of my head, but home form is ludicrous, and and lots of people have said they've recruited well. Um, I, I can't account for that because I, I don't know the, the signings and, and all that. But lots of people who do said that they've signed well, um, and we were actually rumoured to have been looking at, at their manager Schumacher for for potentially replacing Sellers, and obviously never materialised, but. What do you make of them as overall as, as a threat to us? And, and would you like, like Rob said, would you be more comfortable with them trying to trying to constantly come at us? Or yeah, well, they're going to play a very game. similar way to Southampton, yeah, which is interesting. You know, that that would be the reason why those links would have surfaced. Um, whether the club were looking at Schumacher or not, it'd be because he absolutely fits the bill. Um, you know, he fits the bill in terms of that possession style, 
moving the ball quickly and, and not being afraid to keep hold of it when you need to. So it'd be the first time where Southampton under Russell Martin have played a team that are going to be playing a similar way to them. And given the nature of the championship, that won't happen that many times. But it's going to be really, really interesting. I think people like Adam Armstrong, they're going to have to move the ball a lot quicker than they ever have done before when they get it because they're going to receive it with the Plymouth you know, attack in their own in their own half, in the Saints' half. Sorry, there's going to be space for them. But they are going to have to move quickly. It's going to be under pressure very quickly as well. And if they can move it quickly, uh, they're going to they're going to find themselves in the channels over and over again. I'd like to think. I think they're going to be in behind, and that's where Adam Armstrong's really at his best. So people like Adams are going to be back to goal, one pass, diagonal in behind. And I'm thinking that there could be, like Rob said, a lot a lot of goals. Um, I, my prediction on the podcast, Saturday's podcast, was three one. But in the back of my head, I was actually thinking if Saints really get a hold of this game, and they really they really show their class and they take it to them, I don't see why they couldn't couldn't win sort of four one five two sort of thing. I mean, it would be it would be beautiful for us to um to stay defensively sound and keep a clean sheet. Given the situation, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. And yeah, one team's got if they, if we both play the same way, one team's got to dominate. You can't have two teams with with seventy percent possession, can you? Someone's going to have to someone's going to have to give way. Um, Martin, it's going to be an emotional one for our our skipper at the weekend. He's going back to his his hometown where it all all began for him. Um, not to give you a, a, a player in the uh, in the trivia that I've asked you at the beginning, but um, yeah, Jack Stevens is going to be going hmm. going back to Plymouth. Um, what do you what have you made of, of Jack Stevens so far? And do you think that this is potentially a game where he's gonna he's gonna have to really try and keep his emotions in check because it's it's going to be quite heightened, I, I expect. I watched his interview just before I come on the podcast. They, they did an interview on the on the official um, app. I really like the new um, Saints app, by the way. It's really good. I watched the interview on there with Jack. He's really, really proud to be the captain of the football club. I think he's a really good choice. A lot of people on, on social media didn't think he was he was capable of being a captain because he can be a bit hard-headed at times. But he's a leader. He knows the club inside out. Um, I'm really pleased he's a captain. I, I could imagine he's a really good person around the dressing room. He... he Obviously, gets on really well with Russell Martin. I like what Russell says about him as well. They seem to have really good banter and get on well. So, yeah, he's going to be important this season, and and he will be. He'd be vital at the weekend, won't he? It's going to be a really tough game. Yeah, he um he'd be well up for it. I think he'd be well up for every game though, Jack Stevens. And hopefully, if we can get everybody all on side and pulling in the right direction, hopefully we can get ourselves a result the weekend. I think a, a result's really important there. On Saturday, if we can get something, I think Leicester went away to Huddersfield the weekend. Difficult place to go. Neil Warnock side, they managed to walk away with a victory. I think it's the sort of game that we need to go and make sure that we get a victory. Leicester will be the be right there this year. I think there's no doubt they'll be the best side in this league probably, and we need to be in there with them. I feel so. Yeah, Jack will be a vital part of it. Big part of it. He's always he's always brought the passion, any Jack Stevens. I just I just when I think of Jack Stevens, I just think of of him at, at Old Trafford, just just winding up Bruno Fernandez a good and just absolutely taking the piss, frankly. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And and it, what I I also loved was when Bednarek it is it is our volley in at the weekend. Um, Stevens wheeled away like he just scored it, and I thought <laughs> oh, fucking fair play. <laughs> I know it was off your head in rebound, but he, he was just he was elated. I think we do need we do need passion because. As much as Prousey led by example, he wasn't he, he wasn't a vocal leader, which is quite um quite well documented. Um, so I think yeah, 
someone with a bit of passion. But he, I think if he can keep his keep his emotions in check, then then he's gonna he's gonna be able to do big things. Especially, I think he definitely knows the privilege he's got in that interview, like you mentioned. It's worth watching if you haven't. It, it just it was almost like he was himself. I sort of can't believe the twelve months he's had um, to be where he is right now. Um, I think he's and uh, and I think that's that's a positive thing. If someone genuinely can't believe that they're in the position that they are, I think I think I'd you'd like to think that they want to going to want to hold on to it and and take that chance. Um, so that's that's always good. And he's trusted by the management clearly. Um, we'll do we'll do we'll do score predictions. Um, Alfie, you can, you're welcome to to change yours from the weekend so you're covering more bases yeah. if you like. Um, and uh, and I'm going to ask you all of you actually for a um a top performer. I want to know who you think the top performing player is, and we'll see who comes out on. Top, um, obviously by player rating from the weekend and I will not be taking the echoes because that would be technically match fixing um, so we'll start start with Martin score and, and, and top performer for Saints obviously score well yeah I'm going to go with a 3-2 victory Saints I think we will let some goals, goals in but 3-2 victory um, top performer um, I'm going to go with Shay Adams I'll go with Shay. Three, two, Shay Adams. Rob, I'm back a three-one because I said that on the space last night. I'm back a three-one, and uh, my top performer. I think really important game for him. Um, Shay Charles. I think he'll. I think he's going to be really important as in that number six role. So I back him to do a job. I like it. Three-one. We've got goals all round. Alfie, what are you going for? Yeah, mine was also going to be three-one and Shay Charles. So I'm going to change it slightly and go. Uh, I'm going to go five-two, <laughs> and I'm going to go Nathan Teller. It's boring, Teller. I like it. It'd be good to see him. It'd be good to see him playing. It'd be good to see him getting a getting a getting a goal or, or an assist. Get get those numbers. Did you say five two was boring? Um, no, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Tell, Nathan Teller's a bit, a bit boring. Yeah, but I'm thinking in a five goal right, game, someone's got to get a hat trick, haven't they? Someone's, Seven goal game. Yeah, someone's good. Well, yeah. <laughs> He's fucking. just taking a piss. I mean, it's not on. Um, <laughs> right, let's 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 recap it before we end. So, who, who's got? Uh, number in their head. How many players could you think of who played for Plymouth and Saints? I'll start with you, Martin. I could think of one, and you gave it away for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, only well, the one. <laughs> I can think of two. I think I can think of two actually. Jason Dobb went there oh, on loan. Like Did he? Jason. Oh, oh, Jason Dobb went oh, on their loan. He didn't play many games. No, I give it away because I was listening to something with Adam Blackmore earlier on, and he was interviewed. But I do remember him going there on loan. He wasn't getting any games at the time. Back end of his career, Mickey Evans, maybe the striker. Did he come from there? Remember the striker we had for a period oh, of time. Yeah, pretty much the VAR that one, man. Martin. I'll, I'll, I'll VAR that Mickey one while, while we man, move I'm on to sure Rob. I'll check doing. Mickey Evans. Rob, what, have you? Uh, did you have an, any number, or were you stuck on one? Right. I I I listened to a Plymouth podcast this week previewing it, and I think Mickey Evans was mentioned. I'm not sure if he was born there or paid for them. I, they were doing something similar. Um, but yeah, I had Jack Stevens, and then yeah, I. Didn't even know Jason Dodd went on loan there to be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, Martin, Martin, that is uh, Martin. That's three. Rob, did you, you concede into two? Yeah, mate, absolutely. absolutely. There's no way I'll get more than that. Yeah, not not about Google, definitely not. No way. There you go, Alfie. The, the, no, I mean, the no, supreme I, ball knowledge that you've got may surprise you, but I mean, I'm a professional. Yeah, I, I didn't grow up as a Southampton fan, so um, I have no <laughs> oh. idea. So one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Well, um, on, on that basis, then well, I can I can I can name you five um, if he was playing along. 
at home. Um, Jack Stevens, <laughs> Jack Stevens, Dodd, Mickey Evans, a certain left back in League One called Ryan Dixon, um, and a and a holding midfielder we had in League One called Paul Watton also played for oh, well the Plymouth Argyle. Oh, he went Paul Watton, yeah, that's a good. Paul chair. Watton went on to coach him as well after his after his career. Mm. I just remember Paul Watton for launching it long and screaming at people. Just, just <laughs> what what a bloke. Just <laughs> old school. But yeah, I never thought I'd end a podcast in 2023 with Paul Watton. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening and watching. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, let's hope thank for a you. result of the weekend and we will catch you next week. Cheers.